0: you're gonna stop 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 this hello is this willowbrook senior care is this the police are you coming our grandmother is a resident at your facility and
1: she not anymore
0: Can we speak to whoever's in charge?
1: COVID-19 is in charge now.
0: We're driving right now to come and get you. I am so excited about seeing you girls. We should make some ground rules to be safe. We leave the car as little as possible. I paid on myself. The only stop for gas. I'm just trying not to think about how many people touched that pump. Also, don't think about that guy over there. Who? Here, look, I'll play something. What is this? This whale sounds, I thought it'd be soothing. No interacting with strangers.
2: You folks having car trouble? Mm-hmm. You wanna borrow my rollerblade? Yeah! We just gotta focus. Ooh, you smell like jam. I'm
0: picking up Nana right now. No, Erin, uh, just let us grab Nana. We're already on our way. You've been around people who have coronavirus.
2: We well, don't know that that's what those people died of. A lot of the people in the pile looked like they had a lot of other
1: problems going on i have a note from your grandma it says dolphin testicle 89. she said you'd understand what that meant no i don't think we do we not you guys want something <laughs> we'll just cook that one a little longer maybe give it to one of the older people
2: what is happening <laughs> what, hello?
1: Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. We are talking to the couple a couple stars of a new film, uh, indie film, called Stop and Go. And the Utah market's very familiar with these uh, these two co-stars. They've been on Studio C and JK Studios, and they've they've known each other a long time. Um, we've got Whitney Call and Mallory Everton. How are you guys?
2: great so excited to be here dylan
1: excited to have you so <laughs> you've you guys met when you were kids up in portland oregon yeah
0: yeah it's correct it's been uh gosh about 25 years now and now years <laughs> it's <laughs>
2: we've been each we're basically sisters uh which is amazing and we're so lucky
1: <laughs> well that 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 works into the show because you play sisters in the movie, yeah. and um, so basically the short version of the movie it's a COVID inspired road trip. Can can you guys give a a deeper explanation than that?
2: Yes, it's uh, what happens in the film is that two sisters back at the the beginning of the pandemic, uh, right at the end of March find out that their Nana is uh, stuck in a nursing home up in Washington that had an outbreak. And so they go on a road trip from Albuquerque to Washington to rescue their Nana from that nursing home and get her somewhere safe.
1: What I loved is you guys captured all the intricacies of COVID at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, the old home, the sanitizing everything. You know, afraid to touch anything like at the gas station yeah. um mm-hmm. t- tell us about some of the stuff you pulled um from your personal lives to for those scenes
2: oh wow i mean <laughs> we pulled from our personal lives for all the scenes yeah. <laughs> but definitely the covid ones i mean was there anything that you didn't do that we did with
0: okay. um i mean it it all happened at some point i think everyone uh you know at at certain moments was like, okay, we're learning more information. We're learning more information. Maybe it wasn't true information, but there were definitely articles consistently coming out that I was just like eating up that I was like, okay, we know that it can stay on cardboard for up to this many days. So is takeout safe? Is this safe? And so it just kind of got to the point where you, you have that feeling closing in on you of just like, Am I going to die? Is this what's going to kill me? And it wasn't, it seems like such a silly mindset to look at now. And I think even when we were making the film, I mean, we, we filmed it in July and August of 2020. So it was only a a few months after, you know, March, but I think it was it was evolved enough by that point you know we were we were kind of seeing each other outside at that point we were okay with like you know driveway gatherings a little bit as long as we were spaced out and and different things like that so i think we had already recognized that that moment in history was a bookmark for everyone it was definitely this um this period of time when i think everyone just like Didn't know what the heck was going on. And so you either had people who just like pushed it away wholeheartedly or people who just like pulled it in and said, okay, this is a new reality. We're going to do all of these different things. You had like that beautiful NHS commercial that just made Mm -hmm. me weep, where they were talking about like, look at all the beautiful things the pandemic will bring, where we love each other more and babies are being born. You know, there just was so much in that like psychological moment that I think everyone I just read something somewhere that said psychologists are predicting it's going to take us like between three and five years before people start actually recognizing the effect that this had on them, the trauma that it's caused, just even recognizing what it did to us is going to take some time. Um, So, yeah, we don't have the scope, but we uh, we know the the highlights at this point. So, you know, the day the NBA shut down, we all are going to know where we were. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and
1: it's,
0: oh, no, go ahead,
1: Dylan. No, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, I think
2: that just going off of what you just said about how the effects are so long-term, I just don't know how they couldn't be when literally everyone became dangerous to everyone. Um, I think that's the thing I remember the most about that time and that, well, and there's a scene in the film where we go to a gas station And that was, I think, definitely us sort of channeling, like the way we felt all the time leaving our house, it was like the air wasn't safe to breathe. It was like, if you touch a surface and you forget to sanitize, like you'll be punished with getting this thing. And it it was, it was pseudo uh, like religious almost in some ways, because we didn't have, we didn't have information. So all we're left with is just like intense anxiety and superstition and fear of all people. Like it was a horrible, terrible time. Um, and I, uh, I hope that we were able to capture it and maybe in some small way connect despite, uh, despite how truly isolated we were while we were making that movie.
1: Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Like at, at one point that time last year, I just like this is affecting every person in the world. Yeah, and that that, that just blew my mind. It
2: and really was jaw dropping. Yeah, that thought. Because
1: before then, I I never thought of anything that would affect the world worldwide like that. It was just um. So it's a road film. Did you guys? Um, using inspiration from the great road films of the past, you know, Man Mad World and mm. uh, Road Trip, and and things like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're more. I'm I'm more of a Tommy Boy girl myself, or yeah, there, Tommy yeah,
1: Tommy. yeah, there we go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we, I, I know, we we were heavily inspired by the trip and Locke. Um, Locke is a, is such a, you know, it's just Tom Hardy in the, in the car taking calls the whole time. And I will admit, like, I felt like electricity watching that movie again last summer, thinking like, if this counts as a movie, then we can make a movie. <laughs> um, yes. because, because, uh, it really is so entertaining and so interesting. And it just reminds you, um, how, when you get really, really small and simple, you can tell really, really complex stories still. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, so behind, behind the scenes, limitations because of budget, because of of resources. You know, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith had to um, record clerks at night because, you know, that's when he had access to the store to record. What, what kind of, uh, you know, tricks and situations did you guys have?
2: Oh, the list is like <laughs> hundreds. We filmed in Whitney's car because... Yes. We purposely wrote a movie where we didn't need to change clothes um, because we knew we were going to have to do wardrobe and we didn't want to be worried about continuity. Same with our hair like and makeup. We kept it extremely, very simple. The only hiccups were that we got really sunburned on like day one, <laughs> but then it was pretty consistent for the rest of the movie. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I know that just during the time we um, we needed a process trailer to film on because uh, just having a car that you can drive but not have to actually watch the road is pretty important for a road trip film. And so, I mean, normally that process trailer would have been way too expensive for us. But because uh, the guy was super kind, he'd worked with us before and no one was using it. It was COVID, like no one was making anything. So he was like, you're making something? Sure. Like, what can you pay us for it? And we'll let you have it. And so I think there was something to be said for just the, the openness that was that time period where we were able to get our um, our sound mixer, our producer, our DP, these really talented people who normally if it was, you know, just Mal and me making something that's like, Hey, we can, we can pay you a little bit. Uh, would you want to spend two weeks with us? Like just suck your life away for this, you know, passion project. Normally they probably would have had way too much going on and they wouldn't have been able to join it, but, um, their schedules were open because all of their projects were getting canceled too. Um, so there was definitely this, like, let's, let's use, um, our, let's basically work with our friends as a favor, and then luckily halfway through we we had Soro Film step in, and so we we were able to uh, get an investor and actually pay our crew closer to their day rate. But yeah, it was definitely this um, initial vibe of like, okay, how much can we pull together, and how much can can we maybe make this movie for? So yeah, it was it was our car, it was our clothes, our props. And our friends that were all like, are you willing to step in for a scene? Are you willing to uh, come in and do DIT for the day? Are you, you know, a lot of favors, which you hate asking favors for when you don't even know if this movie is going to be anything by the end. But I think everyone really was on that bandwagon of momentum where it was like, you're making something and it's not a commercial or, you know, for a particular sponsor, you're just making it yeah, like that sounds cool. And I want to be a part of that project. So everyone was really game. It was cool to see. Yeah. I mean, we literally mind our whole lives and like there,
2: there are so many personal anecdotes in throughout the movie that came from one or both of us or something our mom always says, or something yeah. that happened to us when we were a kid that happens to one of the characters or something yeah. like we, we, I think because we made it so quickly, we mind our friendships and our homes and uh, we yeah. mining our friendships and, you know, not a gross way. Uh, like Whitney was saying, it was definitely approaching people and saying, would this be fun for you? We know it's going to be crazy, but or do you want to like go on this adventure with us? And like she said, people were pretty game, but I think it's always going to have a pretty um, soft place in our hearts because uh, it, it is there a lot of our, lives are in random pockets of that movie
0: my uh my neighborhood facebook group <laughs> just was getting pinged constantly because i just kept throwing questions up i was just over um casting and props and so i was like hey i'd ask a question like does anyone have any rollerblades and you know our neighbor gave us a couple pair or uh you know d- does anyone have um pet mice that I can borrow or does anyone have? And so I literally, I don't remember everything I asked for Mel. I asked for a bunch of luau props. I asked for rollerblades. I asked
2: for and a person to oh, ride yeah. motorcycle. I
0: was like, does anyone know how to drive a motorcycle? Who would be willing to be scene? And someone was like, I have a friend. Like he looks like your typical biker. He'd be kind of pissed that you're like, you know, poo-pooing on bikers a little bit, but he's really cool. And that guy, gosh, Clint was the, the nicest guy. And he was like, I just want you to like also send a message out there because he's part of this group that like, you know, does charities. They like ride their motorcycles for kids with cancer and things like that. And he's like, not all bikers are those like jerks that spit at you. But he thought it was pretty fun. And he drove his um his Looney Tunes motorcycle for the movie because he was like this is a comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> Speaking of bringing in your friends, you've you brought in you know members of your sketch uh, yep. comedy team, um, in, including your husband Whitney, who is a co-director of the film. What was it like working with them in a movie situation as opposed to the sketch comedy?
0: Uh it was um it was very interesting. I think there are some people in our group who are so dedicated to um the friendship and to like if you need help moving like they're there. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to creative things I think there are other people in the group that are like what are you making? Like mm-hmm. I like like Natalie gosh she brought us craft for a lot of the days she yeah. both both weeks she bought us a bunch of craft cuz she was like I just want to help any way you're making something I want to be involved I want to be a helper and it was just like I mean it it makes me teary a little bit to just like know that there are people who are who also have their dreams who have things that they want to make but like when they saw that we were making stuff, they're like, what do you need? Like, I'm, I'm there, I'm there for it. And I'm there in any capacity you need, even if it's not in the way that, that we're all working for, which is, you know, writing, acting, directing, like th- those get a lot more um, glory and attention. But I think we had a lot of friends that just were like, Hey, just like, take, take what I can give you. Cause I want this to succeed. And, um, yeah, working with Steven, it was, uh. We're used to working together, man. We we worked together before we 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 lived together. And so that was, I think, our our MO for a while. But making a movie in such a short time with all of our own resources, it it I mean, we're still married. So
1: we <laughs> came out
0: the other end. But it definitely became this new language we had to learn of like, okay, we're going at a breakneck pace. We do not have time to like read between lines and wonder if the other person is frustrated right now. We're just Mm -hmm. focusing on a product and we're going to try and make that product as good as possible. So, hey, how can we communicate as clearly as possible for this thing? It wasn't a long term like kind of communication, but it was definitely like for this thing, for this product that we're both so dedicated to uh we need to just figure out how to like be as transparent as possible and just work towards that goal and i think all three of us uh learned a lot of lessons and just like working together work, working with your family though you know we we went into business together on this not knowing just how freaking stressful it was going to be but i think now gosh i know exactly things that i want to do the next time i work with people that i love and care about
2: yeah i don't think there's you can never get Uh, around the fact that I think that at the core of making art in collaborative teams uh, of any kind is we need to be on the same page trying to make the same thing at the same time. And that is really hard. It's really hard to figure out like, okay, what's in your head? What's in my head? Are we making the same thing? And did I explain to you, what's in my head enough that in, and vice versa, and I feel like it doesn't really matter what part of the process you are. You you are like if you're an actor or whatever, are you in the same scene as the other actors? Are you doing your own scene? And you know, it's it's it really is. Um, it you just I I think that we don't talk enough about how much leadership and communication. Um, are just crucial in filmmaking. And we I feel like we definitely got a masterclass in that while we were making this movie. Just, there were just so many different balls to catch at the same time and conversations to have. We were really lucky that we already had a shorthand with each other. Um, I don't know how we would have even gotten through it if we just met or something like that. <laughs> it wouldn't have
1: happened. Yeah, because you guys been in sketch comedy together that you probably pick up mm-hmm. on, you know, visual cues and, and things like that. Yes. When I worked with my wife, when I met her, we worked at Zuka Juice back, back in the day.
2: I love Zuka and... Juice. <laughs> Nobody ever calls it Zuka Juice. My brother worked at Zuka Juice.
1: <laughs> awesome. But yeah, we worked closely together and we, we would just have to look e- at each other or tilt our head and we knew what exactly that the other one needed to do. So that, that, that shorthand, I know, I know very well. Um, <laughs> where was I going next? um scene inspiration um you said you pulled a lot of stuff from your lives and some of those things that I hope you didn't but (laughs) um (laughs) I don't want to give away the movie but some of those things are hopefully aren't life true but um Mm -hmm. tell us about um some some of the ones that did and without giving away too much
0: Oh sure. Uh, I mean, one of the the <laughs> we often bring up uh, the tampon scene. That oh. uh, that we, that was a real <laughs> conversation.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we
2: while, had it for we writing. We had this conversation, and we were just like, "We we should write this down," because we were both cracking up, and we were both like really bewildered at each other's opinions. And we thought, "There's something here. We, we got to put this in the script." <laughs>
0: It's like when you find out someone's shower routine, like everyone's got got a routine, but you're like, you, you do that? Like what? Except ours was, what do you do when you don't have a tampon? And I apparently was way unhealthy according to Mal's standards. (laughs) Hey, I'm not the only one who thinks that. (laughs) But I talked to my sister growing up. Again, if it's in the same family, it doesn't matter. No, this is what I'm saying, though. My sister and I did not (laughs) ever talk to each other about this until after Mal and I had wrote that scene, and I asked her, and she said, "Yeah, I stick it in." And I'm like, "That's what I do too." We had never communicated about that, but growing up in our house, I guess that's what we were kind of driven to was that acceptability, you know.
2: I can't judge you I, like I I have we all have toilet culture. Okay. <laughs> we just we it's not like a we, we aren't like taught a class. It's not there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I I'm so upset that, that
0: you you're something. not changing. <laughs> there's that whole article about that model who lost her leg because of toxic shock syndrome. <laughs> and that's to yeah, be careful. And that was just regular tampons that she changed regularly. So I was like, yeah, no, there's something about it. You know what, though? Most of the time, though, I use a disc now. I don't even right. do t- I do. So the. Disc. I,
2: I can rest easy. I'm not as yeah. worried. Sorry yeah. about that Ended there, Dylan. We just had to work this out.
1: Oh, no, it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the line. It's a four prong approach. That, <laughs> that's just what got me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And this ends for holding. <laughs> <It's> just.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. It's a, it's a scene that sometimes makes men, men uncomfortable. So I'm. Oh, I'm, it did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Um, I know that the scene with, um, with Scott, with the date, we, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of conversations about this just generally of how you idealize people and you also demonize people just based on very limited interactions, especially in dating, gosh. And then uh, interactions that are mostly um, not in person. There's just, there's so much room for miscommunication and for uh, this sort of dehumanizing of people. And we do it Time. And I think it's going to get worse the less time we spend talking to people in person, but you know, this whole idea of just, um, when you are going down that path of, of meeting someone and getting to know them, and it doesn't even have to be romantic, but it's heightened. I feel like when it gets into that romantic sphere, that was something we talked about a lot and wanted to, to kind of drag into this narrative. Yeah. I think, especially at this,
2: at that very isolating juncture, mm-hmm. I just remember feeling like I was hanging on all these text messages with people. Like, uh, you know, and 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 in general, it's a it's a feeling that I hate. I just don't like feeling like, oh, I had kind of a weird call with someone because we were on Zoom and there was bad reception. And so when I made a joke, I couldn't tell if they were laughing or not. And I don't know that we were really connecting. And then I walk away from that experience not feeling like I've connected with a human being, but actually kind of feeling like maybe they don't like me very much. When in reality, it was like a technological uh, catalyst. And I i don't know, I feel like that about texting. And I feel like that about a lot of the things that we, that we that we, a lot of the ways that we connect. And there is a version of connecting that's happening, but there's so much room for assumption that it just, it was fa- it was it was a fascinating thing for us to talk about. It. So uh, we we picked it as sort of one of the threads of the movie because we felt like there was some meat there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a really sweet scene with the way it the way it played out. Eventually, mm-hmm. yeah, the build up was <laughs> very strange. <laughs> <gasps> but yeah, also the build up is when you know you thought something happened to him. You know mm-hmm. how emotional you both got. I thought that was very touching and, and great. Thank you. Um, what advice can you give to filmmakers working on their first film or, you know, getting things started for their first film?
0: Mm. I would say, um, gosh, it just really feels like there are so many reasons not to make things. And for so many years, we listened to those reasons, Mal and I individually and collectively of just you know, I mean, we've we both have scripts that we want to make someday that just are are constantly hitting walls of, gosh, I don't, I don't have the the funds to make this. I don't have the the talent. I don't have the yeah, I I don't have the time. There's just so many reasons not to make things that Mal and I, I think in this moment we're kind of driven to this this uh, kind of throwing our hands up and just being like, you know what. There's so many things we can't make right now. What can we make? What can we do? And when we started asking that question, what can we do? There were so many moments. It's so interesting when we tell people about the process of making this film, because it, on one hand, it felt very kismet. It felt very like this was meant to be in the atmosphere. This was meant to be something that we made in our lives. It wrote itself so easily and we had so much fun putting it together. And this, this team that we'd basically been honing for years, it was like being primed for this kind of crash course in filmmaking. But, um, on the other hand, there were so many moments when we could have just taken it as a sign that it wasn't supposed to happen. And there were so many roadblocks as we were filming that, I think if we had said well like it's too hard like this this isn't gonna work like everything is telling us this needs to stop instead i think we just kept asking that question what can we do about this what what can be the way that we answer this question right now um and approaching it with a curiosity instead of defeat i think just that is crucial because i think even if we had given ourselves more time more money more crew we would have still had those moments where we were running into a problem we'd never experienced before, and it could have been this defeating moment of, "Gosh, like this is why people don't make you know films that easily. This is why you know it's it's taken this long. This is why I I shouldn't have made the leap." Um, in fact, it probably would have been more intimidating if we'd had more money because it, it was just it was this experiment that that we were doing just with ourselves and then with sorrow halfway through, and so. I think just having that curiosity is crucial because you're not going to make the perfect first film. It's just not possible. There's so many roadblocks. There's so many lessons you're going to learn just by doing it that you would never have learned beforehand that you're going to make mistakes. And so to just keep coming at it with, "Okay, what can I do? What can I do at this point? Then you'll get something. And we were never sure that that something was going to be something people saw or that was worth watching. We really just did this as a way to learn how to make film. But I think now that we've been through that, we're so grateful that we just had, um, we had that mindset of, of just getting something done because now when we do have more resources, when we do have more time, I think we're going to have so much more under our belt to make something even, um, more confidently the next time. Yeah. I mean,
2: amen to all that. And I, I just have to echo what she said early on, which is, I think that we should be asking ourselves more, what do I have and what can I make with what I have instead of, oh, I don't have that, so I can't do anything, you know? Um, like this is a tiny little example, but I love writing music, but I'm not very good at playing instruments. And so for the longest time, I'm like, oh, I gotta take guitar lessons, or I gotta do this, or I gotta do this. But I found that I can just write songs anyway with my paltry instrumental skills. And I feel like we should just be doing the things that we wanna do at the level that we're at instead of like, oh, but I'm not 20 levels up. So I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even try. Um, there's just, I think I think that we were given a real gift uh, when the pandemic sort of leveled the playing field and we felt like, well, we don't have anything else to do. And I don't think we would have made it without that feeling, this sort of like well, we don't have anything to lose. And it's, it's we're just looking for a creative outlet. And we discovered a lot of creative joy just through going that, through that process instead of saying, like, I'm going to write something that's going to impress everybody. I'm going to write something that everyone's going to love. It was like, what do we have and what do we like right now? Because that's what writing is for. That's what making things is for. It's so that we can express ourselves and connect with our creativity. And we really got to do that in a really special way.
1: In um, the final minutes, we do some bonus questions. Um, the first one is, "What does creativity mean to you?" I think you guys basically answered we, that.
2: We so, just got Yeah, so
1: we'll, we'll skip over that one. Um, the next one is, "Who is your favorite Muppet and why?"
2: Muppet animal. I was gonna say animal. Really? I, mean, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> I always loved animal. I feel like I got some. I got an animal inside me for sure.
1: <laughs> and then in the last one I always feel weird asking this to actors um in the movie of your life who would play you
2: <laughs> oh Florence Pugh um that's a
0: great answer
1: yeah I see what? it yeah perfect
2: yeah be, occasionally people say that we look similar and I'm so flattered and she's so way better actor <laughs> than me <laughs> she'd be way better
0: <laughs> um I mean, she she would need to soften her frame a little bit. But Maggie Gyllenhaal is someone I've always felt kindred. With. Um, you know, if we were the same age, it's not as fitting of a one as Florence Pugh. I haven't found my uh, energetic doppelganger yet, but I feel kindred with Maggie. Mm, I like that.
1: Great. Well, thanks you guys for for coming on. Where um, can people catch the movie? Because I know it's going into some some theaters. Yeah. Here in Utah, uh, yeah. anywhere else?
0: it it will be showing at the Thanksgiving Point Megaplex um for a few days, I think, um starting October first, and it'll be in several other cities as well. Um, if you go on to our Instagrams, um I'm at Whitney Call, and Mallory is at r e Mallory. Um, if you go on either of our Instagrams, we've, we're posting information as soon as we get it. It's kind of it's kind of run and gun a little bit, but it we're we're figuring out more information as we go. We do know it's also available to pre-order on demand. If you go to Apple Trailers, you can find it, um, and we're hoping that it will be available for streaming in the near future as well. There's there's conversations going on about that.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting both of you and um i hope i can have you on again to talk more of the the sketch comedy stuff but thank you for today
2: yeah we would love that it'd be so great thank you thank you dylan have a great day
1: you too thanks dylan thanks the podcast is done man (laughs)